That was a great save by my guy Oh, what a save, eh? Looking like he was down and out. It's a pad desperation save. Scorpion save, yeah. yeah. Maxi, his shot, he scores! Welcome to the Code Rick Show. This broadcast is brought to you by Merbs for all the good stuff and the Swan Valley Star and Times for all your local news. Welcome to episode five, season one of the Code Rick Show. We are back and we are getting uh, pretty good at this, I would say. Yep, Some of the are. names that are going to be uh, coming up on the show today, you're going to be uh, loving them, by the way. Uh, so who do we've got? We've got... Uh, we got uh, Noah Basra coming up. Oh, and we've got special guests coming in to do some questions. Yep. So I'm not giving you any more than that. Also coming up on the show today, we got Blake Hilterman, former Stampeder player, um, Mitchell Kirkup, and Kurt, head scout. Does that make sense? I yeah, think that makes sense. That makes sense. Let's that run that better. back. Yeah, no, that, that sounds okay. Yep. Uh, so that's all coming up on the show today. We're going to give you another trivia question, see if we can find a winner. we got stickers coming in. Uh, actually, I've got them now. Oh. So uh, winners are going to get some uh, stickers. We're going to be looking into a couple of sponsors this upcoming week. We're getting some uh, movement on that. So if you know of anybody who wants to join in on the Rick show, the Code Rick Show here and uh, you know help us you know financially, Never always, it, it never hurts. So we got to keep the lights on. Man, these gummies are really good. Yeah, you're just. <laughs> They're really good. Put the gummies away here. I'm going to take these away from you. <laughs> Put them over there for. <laughs> Podcast snack. <laughs> We're not even five minutes into the show and he's hungry. This this is typical Ricky. Uh, it's like every time I <laughs> went to a hockey game at the start of the, uh, the, uh, the season. Um, where did we go? We went to OCN a couple of times. Wayway. Wayway. Dauphin. Dauphin. So, and we would eat lunch. Then we'd <coughs> go get a coffee for the travel, and you'd order another meal. Then we'd get to Dauphin or to Wayway or to OCN, and then you'd get something else to eat. I'm just like, no wonder why you're seven feet tall. Well, big man, big meals. That's <laughs> what they say. So I need. To, it takes a lot to fill me up. Well, so. I bet it does. So let's uh, jump right back into kind of where we left off last week a little bit. Let's start off the show talking about Stampeder Hockey, which we are here to do. And uh, then we're going to talk about you in uh, high school hockey. Yep. So we're going to start uh, with the Stamps. Fantastic um, hockey being played by the young men as of late. Won six of seven, uh, picked up a shootout win, and uh, of course beating Portage. Um in a full 60-minute effort. So, again, we're starting to see that. And like we talked about before, it seems like it's it was a turning point, And these guys are now starting to figure it all out. It's all gelling together, just like it, we said it was last week. They're starting to play a lot better. Of course, they completely shocked the MGHL in beating Portage. So, And Portage has had a little bit of a slow go in their last couple of games. Of course, they have been... Struggling, they lost. Uh, I think they almost lost to Winnipeg there, the Blues, and that's right. So, uh, yeah. and we were able to beat them in the shootout. So, we're I'm I th- I think our, our boys are finally starting to pull no. it together. Uh, I believe that was the only their fourth loss of the year. Yeah, to, to Portage by the fourth, way. Yeah, yeah, fourth or fifth. So, so it was a very uh, big week. Um, let's say last week because yeah. our weeks aren't lining up here with our show and and how the stamps are playing. So we're going to talk about you know this weekend stuff next week and so on and so forth, but. Um, it was a very big week for three players. Yes. I want to add a couple more to that list. Um, let's let's start off with the three big names 
They've got stars this last week here. Uh, Ward Marcotte, Josh Denny, Darius Maxey. Yes. Three um, players that have really come on as of late. Uh, Darius Maxey picking up two goals back-to-back in, in, in Portage. Um, Josh Denis, what another four four assist week, uh, then a shootout winner. Uh, he likes that little uh, that little move. I'm not going to say what it is because I'm not going to give too many teams. The, well, they've already seen it, I guess. A little five hole shimmy shake there. Yeah. How about uh, Miles Mason's shootout Ooh, goal? Yeah. He's a spicy. Little, he's a nifty little guy in the shootout. A, it was so gross. It was nasty. It was, it was pretty I'm nasty. Just like <laughs> look at that. What is this? <laughs> But, uh, no, uh, and, of course, the first star there was uh, Warren Marcotte. One goal, three assists. Um, and then the other three that I, I put on there as honorable mentions were Noah Wilson, Tyler Park, and Jacob Jones. Uh, those three gentlemen have also been coming on as of late. So uh, the team is looking really good, uh, starting to gel, like you said. The passes are on. Um, not too many penalties against, but still giving you know teams something to work with there. Shots have disappeared um, lots. They're coming down. I think the, the game where they might have only let 40-plus uh, was uh, the, the overtime shootout against uh, Winnipeg. Where LMC stood on his head again. Oh, my God. Nine. Four saves in a row. Uh, yep, in overtime. And without a stick. And without a stick. And without a stick. <laughs> that guy should have been given a chocolate bar after the game. Get, get, get his sugar a, levels back get up. Get this guy a steak. <laughs> get him a Gatorade and a chocolate bar. He needs a Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness, he stood on his head. But uh, So, yeah, that's kind of a you know quick little rundown there of uh, Stampeder Hockey the last week. Um prior to this weekend, of course. Um, so we'll talk about uh, what ha- transpired this weekend, which was um, Ag Appreciation Week. Yep. So we're going to talk about that next week. So just uh, remind me yeah, I on all of that. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now let's jump over here before we take a quick break and uh, we move into um, a really cool interview with, with Noah Basarap. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about you. Mm-hmm. And the high school hockey, because we never got a chance to last week. Yeah. We, were, we talked and talked and talked, and people were like, shut up already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, it was a good week for the for the boys in the Navy Blue. Um, we were able to get five or six points against uh, in our uh, Westman High School Hockey League. Uh, uh, we now sit eighth in the whole league, so that's and, and, good. And does that still have some of the suspensions uh, two, kind of attached two to this? Two ended. On Sunday, okay, against the Nipawa Tigers, uh, Tucker Thompson and Tyler Fletcher both uh, off of uh, four game suspensions. In of course, resolving in the Minnedosa bench brawl that <laughs> was uh, <laughs> that happened. Uh, <laughs> that happens from time to time at sports. And yet, uh, our other goaltender Owen Martinuk still serving his suspension. So what has he got? Three more? Uh, two or. Th- yeah, two, 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 two more, two more. Um, so they're doing quite well with a lot of guys missing off the yeah, bench. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I we're one of the stronger teams in the league this year, uh, beating of course Robin. Robin's not very strong. Beat them eleven three. Cash Hinkleman finally went off on his slow start to the year. He was off. He's just getting two assists. Then he scored four goals that game. So good for him. He had like five or six points. I don't remember, but and then uh, it was. Our home opener on Saturday against Remp Renegades, we were able to pull away with a 5-2 win. Nate Imaker, good and goal. And let me guess, you were on the old play-by-play? On the play-by-play. Play-by-play, yeah. And then uh, Sunday rounded off our little 
uh, road trip, um, and we lost in overtime to the Nipawa Tigers. The overtime goal they scored it was quite the weird one. It went through That's the goaltender's glove. It put a big hole in his webbing, and it went right through. See, they always say you are going to score the weirdest goal in overtime. Yeah. You got guys going in on breakaways, doing deeks, shifty moves, hitting crossbars, missing the net. Some guy will just flick it yeah. on net and it goes in. Yep. It's I've always said when you're going into overtime, just shoot. Yeah. I don't care where you shoot it from, just shoot. Yeah. Because you don't know what's going in. Yes, that's 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 right. And this was a very weird one. Guy came with a blue line, took a big slap shot, and wired it right through that glove. And, man. That, and it wasn't even that hard of a shot. He did, just did, did, it, it was almost like a fan on, and it kind of knuckled, and it just went right through the webbing, and in, and dribbled into the net. So let me guess, that goalie threw off his glove and retired it, and went down. <laughs> right? That's enough of that uh, one, right? Yeah, but I thought I'd give the boys a little bit of a they, shout out. Yeah, uh, they, absolutely. They always love talking about the podcast and of course we had Eli, the boys, Eli, the boys. Eli Betcher win the trivia the other day. So up next is our three game weekend in Brandon. GCB Wildcats Friday, Remp on Saturday and then ending off the road trip against the Hemiota Huskies. So a little rematch of our Consolation final last year where we won. So And we'll get into that next week. You can yep. give us a little bit of a rundown there too because I'm sure you'll be Doing your thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I guess that's enough talking for us. Uh, we've got more talking coming up. Yes. But it might not be all of us this time, <laughs> which is good. So people might go, okay, enough already. Yeah. We want to hear from Noah. <laughs> so our special guests are going to be popping in here uh, during the commercial break. Noah does not know. About this. About two special guests that are coming in. Yeah. Um, it's uh, his former billet mom and former billet brother. Yeah. So Heather and uh, Andrew Pitskolny are going to be pe- stepping in here. I can see them. They're kind of smiling at me. Mm-hmm. I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. So they're going to come in right after the break. We're not going to tell Noah yeah. until it's time. Yeah. Okay, so that's all coming up right after this. Merv's is your number one shop for all things electronic. We stock gaming consoles, games, laptops, tablets, two-way radios, Bluetooth speakers, headsets, earbuds, Napoleon fireplaces, and barbecues. TVs, cell phones, and so much more. When you think of electronics, think of Mervs in Swan River. Located at 601 Main Street or call 204-734-3252. Mervs for all the good stuff. Welcome inside the Code Rick Show. Uh, what is this? Season five, no, episode fifty-three. Yeah, ni- no, okay, ninety-two. Anyway, uh, we have a special guest here for you. Uh, his name is Noah Basarab. Welcome, sir. How you doing? Ah, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I've been, I've been good. How are you guys? Well, I, I'm good. I don't know about Ricky over there. I am fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. So, what have you been up to? I, I hear it's been a busy schedule for you. Yeah, yeah, just grinding school every day and then playing games on the weekend so it's definitely keeping me busy so speaking of school um let's talk a little bit about that first and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, the hockey there so how's school going for you personally personally school's good like i'm pretty smart in school so so far it's been been a breeze but i'm sure it's going to get a bit harder that's for sure 
what uh, what are you taking? What are you majoring in, or or not really sure yet? Uh, I'm gonna major in kinesiology. So future plans? What are you? What's what's the goal for Noah Basarab? Oh, once I once I get my degree, I'm hoping to stay in the sports world. Maybe like work in a gym. You know, try to get the younger athletes to the next level, just like I did. So what's what's the family up to? Um, mom and dad are just back home in Gimli working. My dad actually took a assistant coach job with the U18 Interlake Lightning this year, so that's that's keeping him wow. pretty busy. Your uh, your former team of yeah. the Interlake Lightning. Yeah. <clears throat> what was it like for you moving away from home, which isn't too far from Gimli, Gimli, but was able to play the game at such a young age? Oh, yeah, like moving away at a young age, you you get homesick uh, pretty quick. But in Swan, the coaching staff and like all the guys made it pretty pretty easy to adjust to live away from home. And I was fortunate enough to have good billets in the Pitscolny family and a good roommate in Keaton Jameson. So he made the transition really easy for me. What did the MJHL and the Stamps, of course, like well, in your time here, um, what did that teach you that you may still do to this day, like a daily routine, your work ethic? Etc. Well, the MJHL is—it's definitely a good stepping stone to get you to the next level. I think a big part of my development in Swan had to do with uh, Darren Webster. He put in a lot of extra work with me, just working on all my little parts of my game. Like he—he'd he'd make time no matter what, just to help me get to that next level. So that—that that definitely helped my game. Yeah, Webby just really like that. He's very helpful. He helped, of course, helped develop a lot of players right here. So. But is there is there anything that set, that stands out in your mind about the valley that you won't forget? Well, while I was in the valley, we didn't we didn't win any championships. But uh, I think the big thing about the valley is just all the community support you had. Like when you're out and out and about, everyone knows who who you were. I think seeing the younger generation there looking up to you and wanting to be like you. I think that was just the best part about being there. Did you ever give an autograph out? Yeah, I gave a couple autographs out. They're probably worth a few bucks now, eh? Uh, I wouldn't say yet. Maybe one day. Maybe maybe one day, yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to continue on with a couple of hockey questions here, and then uh, we've got something uh, special here planned. They're, they're... So, drafted 20, in 2014 by the Stampeders, uh, 38th overall. Um I guess maybe your your reaction. Do you ever do you remember what your reaction was to to hearing your name being called or seeing it? I I suppose. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think I was in a baseball tournament during the the draft actually, and when I found out, I had I had no idea where Swan was or like who who the team was or what the community was about. So but you found out in a hurry, didn't you? I did, yeah. And then I talked to a former Swan player in Carter Johnson, and he filled me in with how great of a community and organization it was. So now, is there a a, a teammate of yours that stands out funny uh, wise? Which which teammate was it? Funny wise. Funny wise, yes, funny. Oh, Dane Hurst is the best teammate I ever had. I, I I didn't see that coming at all. Really. <laughs> No, I thought it would have been somebody else, but Dane, yeah, he fits that bill, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Me and him were just goofballs. Now, earlier, you mentioned the Pitscolnies. Uh, you stayed with this amazing family while you played here. How was your time with them? Oh, they, my time with the Pitscolnies are great. Like, to this day, I consider them like a second family to me. And it's definitely having Andrew and Ava there all the time is definitely entertaining, that's for sure. Uh, we have We have a couple of special guests here. Do you? Yeah. 
Say hi. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you, Noah? Oh, great. Good. How are you? Was that Andrew? Yeah. That's Hell, Andrew. you're there too. Andrew and Heather <laughs> Pritzkolny have uh, jumped in on the show here. They have some questions for you. Oh, let's, let's hear them. <laughs> <laughs> so besides uh, stealing the all the um, chocolate-covered almonds from the pantry... That know, wasn't me. Yeah, was yeah. <laughs> um, what uh, what was your favorite meal that uh, was prepared for you? I feel like they're well. They're always all cooked for us. We, we didn't really have to cook, so I feel like any meal was good. Good, good answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would never be allowed back in the Biscaldi's house again. I got a question. Uh, who is your favorite billet brother or sister? I can answer. Like favorite billet brother is definitely you, and sister would be Ava. I can't just pick them though. <laughs> I think that's the way the answer was supposed to go. Yeah, right? yeah. it definitely was supposed to go that way. <laughs> what, um, during your uh, stay with us, which was a couple years, there was a, a lot of memories that happened. Is there uh, anything that really stood out uh, at the house? About the house was just great. Like, you guys are always so welcoming. Like, we always had all the boys over for movie nights or whatever, and it's just such a welcoming place for us. What was the team you hated the most playing against? Oh, that one's tough, too. Probably going up to Oceana was probably the worst. Just not the nicest rank, not the nicest atmosphere. You know, cold there, too. So. And who was the team that you'd love to play against? Love to play against? Well, I was in Swan. Probably Selkirk, because I got to play against my hometown team. So that's always fun to play against them. And of all your teammates, do you... Uh... Who do you keep in contact with the most? Oh, definitely Dane. Me and Dane are talking all the time. Two peas in a pod, eh? Yeah, that's for sure. You could never go too far without the Dane Hursty <laughs> beside you, hey? No, we were always together no matter what. So I guess a little family reunion was kind of the idea here on the uh, the Code Rick show this time around. I'm not sure. Do you have anything to say to your old billet family while you're, while you're on? Oh, I just, she's really put me on the spot, but I just like to say thank you. Like you guys definitely were a second home to me and made living away from home really easy at a young age. Yeah. Um, I mean, we keep in contact with Noah and his mom and dad still to this day and, um, we can't say enough about uh, Noah. He was uh, part of our family and still is to this day. And Andrew and Ava truly uh, did look up to him while growing up. And um, now, uh, now Andrew's actually uh, playing against uh, the team his uh, <laughs> dad helps coach. So it's uh, it comes full circle. That's for sure. We're gonna come down to Winnipeg. You're gonna buy us some tickets. We're gonna get the sky. Yeah. We're gonna get the sky box, and you're gonna buy us some tickets. And we're gonna just color an A on your jersey and see if the coaching staff ever cares. Yeah, we we definitely could. Uh, tickets definitely aren't that hard to come by. You could probably sit wherever you want. Yeah. Well, I was hoping for a sky box, and we could put the code Rick show up there, and we'll do a we'll do a live from there. Oh, perfect! I'll see what I can do. Definitely could hook it up. <laughs> so, last question for you. Um, what does the future hold for, for, for Noah Basarab? What's the future looking like for you? Um, the hockey point, finish my career here, probably two, maybe three more years playing hockey here. And then I haven't yet decided yet if I want to try playing pro or not, or just get on with my life. So I guess only time will tell there. And all the, well, I guess the body will tell you in about three years, hey? Yeah, the body's already starting to hurt. So we'll see.
<laughs> getting old. Well, thanks for jumping on the Code Rick Show. I know your time is money, and uh, take care. Good luck this season. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Did you know that the Swan Valley Star and Times offers both national and international passport, as well as PAL photo services? Walk-ins are available Monday to Friday from 8 a.m. until 5 p.m. If you are looking for a print job of any kind, the Star and Times can make it happen. Professionally designed and printed, we offer competitive pricing to anywhere you'll find online. Business cards, signage, menus to personalize calendars and Christmas cards, the Star and Times is here to help bring your print job to life. We're just a mouse click away. In addition to hard copy subscriptions, the Star and Times offers online subscriptions. Stop by or call us today at 1204-734-3858. For just $39.99 or $0.77 a week, you'll receive a full year of dedicated local coverage found nowhere else. Welcome back to the Code Rick Show for our second interview of the. We have defense snapping defenseman Blake Hilterman. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. I hear you've wanted on the show forever. <laughs> yeah, I definitely did. Before we even started it, he was like, "I want on this thing." Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, how cool is it to be on a podcast? Come on now. I don't know. It's well, we're gonna find out today, aren't we? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, there we go. So let's get right underway. Um, first of all, how's it going? How's it going? I mean, pretty good. I uh, just got back from the gym. Uh, we had a good four-point weekend, so I mean, I'm pretty happy. Feeling good. I've had a couple of weekends in a row here where it's been really good. Yeah. Six and one, last seven. We talked about this uh, with uh, Warren a little bit, and uh, of course last week uh, with Mr. Denis. It's it seems like it kind of it it might be a turning point. Absolutely, I think it's big turning point for us. I think we're you know top three teams in the league right now. Uh, that's, you know, my opinion. I think the rest of the guys can back me up on that for sure. So you always love to hear that. Yeah, from, exactly. Well, uh, there's some confidence with that uh, answer there. Yeah. I kind of like that too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's start off easy. Uh, where are you from? So I'm from Calgary, Alberta. Uh, you know, big city. Um, been living there for 17 years, 18 years, and uh, yeah, you know, it's it's home. It's great. It's uh. Yeah, so Calgary, Alberta. So back home, uh, what does the family do, mom and dad? And do you um, have any siblings? Yeah, so I actually have two little sisters. Okay. Um, they're nine and seven years old, so uh, growing up a little bit too fast for my liking. But <laughs> uh, uh, So yeah, and uh, mom and dad, uh, mom works for UFA, United Farmers Association. Oh, and, I, uh, yeah, I remember those out in Alberta. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, um, and then dad works, well, stepdad uh, works for AIL. Okay. So uh, road construction and stuff like that. So does he own his own company or does he work with somebody? You know what? Funny question you say that. He actually did. He owned his own uh, construction okay. company and demolition company. And then it's it's kind of hard to run a company on your own when you got no support. So he had to kind of go back to uh, AIL. To, he, he worked there a couple of years ago. So he went back to AIL just to kind of stable out a little bit. Hey, it never falters to have to go back to plan B. Exactly. Trust me. Right? you so, got to give him props for trying. That's yeah, right. for sure, right? Exactly. Yeah. So is your mom high up on the food chain there? Uh, no, she's just a salesperson. So well, she, that's high enough. It's not, yeah, it's, she works from home, so I guess she's happy, right? So works from home, goes into the office some days, and she's busy with the kids usually anyway, so yes. she's always on the move. Speaking of them, yeah. did you, uh, you, got the, you said you got the two little sisters there. Did, yeah. Did, were you ever subject 
to a tea party. A tea party. Yes. Mm. They Maybe, be, did they bring out the tea set? Maybe not a tea set, but definitely a doll party or something. Yeah, see, yeah, that. that always happens. Or yep, dress the, up. The you older know brothers, yeah, eh? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what do you like to do in the off-season for fun? The off-season for fun? I mean, I probably can't say this on the podcast, but, <laughs> I, you know, I'm a pretty big gym guy. Um, I'm always in the gym. I mean, I just got back from the gym today. Uh, but, yeah, no, I'm usually in the gym most most days, you know, on the ice. Um, this off season, I actually wasn't living in Calgary. Um, I took a break from Calgary and, uh, decided to live with my uh, best buddy in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. I was living there this summer, uh, working as a bartender and stuff. And, you know, that was kind of, that was kind of my fun, I guess you could say, just working out and skating. So, uh, on, on the workout, uh, side of things, uh, do you have any crazy workout regime? Um, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm kind of just a simple guy. I mean, you know, back, tries, chest and biceps, or legs and shoulders. That's kind of what I go with on the on the weekly there. So, so you don't you don't kill yourself like the rock in the gym every day. No, nice and easy. Nice and easy, nice pretty and easy, much. Yes. Yeah, just trying to build a little muscle. They always say the tur- the slow turtle will win the race. Exactly. So I don't know why these guys just go all out in the gym. <laughs> you know, I always kind of made fun of uh, younger guys, even when I was going to the gym and stuff like that too. Right. You'd always have these young guys come in, they change. They'd sit down, they'd take a selfie of themselves, they'd post it on Instagram. Within 20 minutes, they were out of the gym and gone. I'm like, boy, that was a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> That's are, slow and steady, though. What slow. did you do, right? Like, <laughs> they did 15 reps. They, you know, tomorrow they'll come back and do the other arm. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> they, got, they got to get their uh, their their payment uh, dues. Yeah, exactly. Every day. Yeah, yeah. every day at the gym. Every day. There you go. So, uh, Cody mentioned The Rock. Uh do you know any celebrities or no? Do I? I you know what? I actually uh, lived, I guess you could call an NHL player a celebrity, right? 100%. Yeah. Uh, Travis Sanheim. I don't know if you oh, know the wow. name. Wow. Really? We billeted, hit, yeah, billeted him when he played for the Calgary Hitmen for two years. Oh, wow. So, and his actually twin brother as well. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, he was there with us the year after he got drafted. And he had a good two 19, 20-year-old year. And, um, yeah, that was a pretty cool experience. I mean, and then once he went to the AHL, uh, we picked up his brother the next year. So, I mean, having those two was kind of cool. I mean, we got to see, you know, uh, him play in Calgary a couple times for when he's playing Philly, right? So, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the celebrity that I personally know and yeah. still talk to to this day. Oh, yeah. so. And from Elkhorn, Manitoba yeah, Elkhorn. to boot. Yeah. So, yeah, he's a local, local Manitoba product there. Adding, adding on to that, do you have any funny stories of uh, when well, he was your billet? Do, do I have any funny stories yeah. of when he was a billet? Or any funny memories or it at all? Ooh, that's a tough one. He was, You know what? Travis was more of a quiet guy. Uh, he was uh, he was always in his room and kind of just, you know, he didn't really hang out with me much, a lot. But, you know, like mini sticks and stuff and oh, yeah. NHL. You know, you know, the funny thing is uh, when we play NHL or whatnot, uh, I was always, I'm always a competitive guy. I always like to win. I hate to lose. But um, I would always throw temper tantrums at him whenever you'd beat me. But, uh, you know, the funny thing is now, you know, being a billet brother and seeing, uh, you know, Bennett and Luke, my billet, my billet kids, um, it's just funny because they throw the same temper tantrums, oh, yeah. right? So yeah. it's just it's, like I did the same thing as a kid. It must be a boy thing. <laughs> it is a boy thing, right? So it, It's got to be. We all throw temper tantrums when we're younger. Exactly. Oh, exactly. I'm not a clue. So. Who got you in the hockey? Who got me? Or what got hockey. you in the hockey, I should say. 
What got me into hockey? Well, honestly, I gotta say, I probably my mother. I mean, she's uh, again, she's competitive. She still plays ringette to this day. <laughs> um, so, you know, she kind of put me in hockey. And at first, I remember way back when I was young, I didn't really like it. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, thinking that I was gonna be a hockey player. It's kind of just like. You know, I want to quit, can't skate, can't stand up, but uh, she kept pushing on me, and I mean, you know, it's become the sport that I love today, and yeah, I guess my mom and my stepdad really have been a big part of that, so. Um, back when you were living with, back in Calgary, um, do you do you have any good childhood memories of a, like a tournament or a trip or anything? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, actually, uh, back when I was playing for my minor hockey team back home, um, we used to go to this tournament in Canal Flats, so that was, I think that's in BC, right? Yeah. Somewhere around there. Um, and uh, they had this, there was this hotel that we would always go to, and it actually had, like, you know how, you know, kids play mini sticks in, like, the hotel, or, like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, hallways and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually had a mini stick room in the hotel. What? Just wow. for kids. Like hockey tournaments. How smart are they? Yeah, exactly. And next to that room, they had a projector screen with an Xbox of NHL. Oh. Okay, so this this is how people sh- in Canada should be building their hotels. Exactly. Yes. Right? yes. We're Canadian. Get it in your heads. Absolutely. These kids are going to be playing mini sticks in the hallway. Yeah. Let's just build them a little gymnasium and say, here, go here. Yeah, go here. Yeah. You guys can play till four a.m. We don't, don't care. Yeah, you're not going to bug anybody. No, that's a smart idea. Exactly. Yeah. Until the other team comes in. And then it's not so smart. Well, that's, <laughs> that's where you get the Royal Rumble. Absolutely. Yeah. So, after hockey, what's yeah. the future hold for you? What's the future hold for me? Well, it, you know, this is a tougher question, but uh, I kind of have an idea. So, I mean, obviously the goal is to play uh, college hockey. I would love to play college hockey. Um, probably. Think in stateside? States. I would like to play in the States, maybe somewhere near Arizona. You know, that's nice and warm all year round. Warm, yeah. 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 I, I like I like to be in shorts all year round. I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He sounds like Wolf now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he's in shorts all he's year round, no matter year. where he is. Yeah. So yeah. minus forty, he's yeah. in shorts. It, it doesn't matter. Exactly. But uh, you know, maybe take you know, if I play hockey at school, obviously I got to take a course. But um, I would like you know, I'm into journalism. Um, maybe you know, broadcasting too. That would be oh, something yeah. I'm into. Uh, Maybe being a broadcaster for TSN someday, I mean, that would be pretty cool. Or, uh, you know, a stats guy for an NHL team, I wouldn't mind doing something like that. So. You know what, me and you are pretty similar. I really want to do that stuff, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. It's a big goal of mine, so I'm really, I really hope that yeah. you get to get that opportunity as well. Get, Thanks. Getting your television radio degree is nothing. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. They gave it to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right on. So I got a question for you. Now, yeah. Kind of a rough start to the year for you, in and out of the lineup. Yeah. Uh, not really the ideal situation, but you're getting some playing time. Yeah. How? Like, what? What are your thoughts on the the first part of the season so far? What, 15, 16, 17 games into the season so far? You know what I gotta say, like, um, yeah, obviously being in in the lineup, it's it's hard, right? You know, being a guy like last year, I was playing every game. You know, at thirty minutes a night, twenty five minutes a night. Uh, you gotta, you know, you just gotta realize like everybody has a role on this team. And uh, you just got to, you know, play your role. Um, no matter whether you're getting 25 minutes or five minutes, um, you just got to play hard every shift. And, you know, like I kind of, it was hard for me at the start. I, I you know, I can't lie. I think it was hard for everybody, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, I think I'm kind of getting the hang of it and just realizing, like, you know, like any chance I get, just give it my all and just have no regrets, really. You know, like at the end of the day, um, hockey's not forever. Um, junior's not forever. 
and like you know this past two three years of junior hockey have been the best years of my life so I don't want to take anything for granted and just you know and enjoy every moment pretty much so and work hard when your name gets called hey? absolutely yeah. so, so you were part of this big 6-4 win in Portage yep how was the reaction from the guys what was the feeling like on the bench throughout the game beating that infamous terrier squad well yeah. you know what i mean it's just I, I don't even know where to start because th- this game was just so so up and down you know like um we came out flying right in the first period there and then you know at the end it kind of you know backed off and then they got the 2-1 lead and then you know we picked it up tied it took the lead again and then you know had the lead for the remainder of the game right so you know the energy on the bench was you know immaculate the guys were always positive um, nobody had their head down. Everybody was up in the dressing room during intermissions. Um, and you know what? Like, that's that's how we got to play to win. You got to play sixty exactly full right. minutes and yep. like just be po- like, just being the little things, right? Being positive on the bench, like that is a huge thing. You know, when a guy's having a tough shift, you know, tapping him and just saying, hey, you know what? Don't worry about it. Shake it off. Get the next one. Yep. You know what I mean? So you know what? Yeah, the reaction was great. You know, we were we were super super happy to beat them. They're a pretty cocky team, so oh, you know, yeah. you know. Well, first overall, I guess you kind of yeah. get that swag, don't exactly. you? So, so you know, it's it's always nice to beat the first overall team. But uh, I, I need your comments. I I, I want to hear what you, your thought about uh, Noah Wilson's wild goal there. He just like shoots it in. Like I think I think he was like just dumping it in. I yeah. And Catelier went to reach up and he grabbed it, and went off his glove and in behind him. Right. And I'm like, what happened? What like, happened? Was he just? Missed it or? <laughs> well, funny you say that. I was actually on the ice for uh, that goal. And uh, yeah, I kind of just like, it was actually in my feet to start off with it. And I kind of tried to chip it down into the zone and the terrier guy kind of smoked it out of the air, put it right on Noah's stick. And I'm just yelling at him, dump it, dump it, deep, <laughs> deep. And he just wires it on net, takes a weird bounce and he started celebrating. So I was like, oh, must have went in. Kind of, kind, of, kind of remind me of like Claude Giroux there when he like just shot it, dumped yeah, it, turned. And he's like, he just nods. He's like, yeah, I scored. Yeah, I scored. <laughs> he didn't even know he yeah, scored. Yeah, he didn't even know, but <laughs> just trying to play it off like he did. So No, it was it was, it was was a really good game. Yeah. Uh, prior to that, uh, Stampeders, I guess, well, I guess with that win, it's six out of the last seven. Starting to climb in the ranks here. And we're starting right. to, you know, put teams on notice that, hey, we're, we're, we're here. Yeah. And I think that's that's going around the league right now because even in the power rankings from the MJHL, we've jumped up twice here in the last couple of weeks, and that was with the four four game win streak. Yeah. Of course, you know, a little blip in Wayway, but again, you're not going to win them all. It happens. Well, again, Wayway is also they're starting tough. to pick it up too, right? Yeah. So they're a good team down there. They're a very good yeah. team. Yeah. Well, they're all good teams. They're all yeah. Everybody's a good team. Every Anyone night, can win. Yeah. yeah. Any Anyone night, it could be a completely different story. But absolutely. Now, now six out of seven. MGU West division is still scrambled up there. Right. Um, so what what are the guys feeling? What are you guys feeling? Um, looking, do you guys look at the standings? And oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. So you're you're a, you're a. Oh, we know what we need to do, and like who's ahead of us and who's behind us, right? Like again, like you said, like anybody can win on any given night. Doesn't it? It doesn't really matter. I mean, but uh, yeah, no, I think the guys like I think the guys didn't realize we were gonna have you know this kind of start to the year. I mean, like you know, going six and one in the last seven. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty good. Like, I don't think a team's done that since Portage or Steinbeck at the start of the year, yeah, and right. that's like that's pretty big. I think you know the guys believe in what we have in this team, and I think yeah, I think this train's gonna keep rolling. So 
we, we like I said, we, we talked to Josh and E about this. It, it seems like it's it's a bit of a turning point because we go down to Weiwei, uh, you guys get stalled. It, it happens. There was a lot of goals in that game, but it's just, you know, not enough for us. That's, right. you know, when the end buzzer hits. But looking through the last couple of games, um, winning by one, winning coming from behind, overtime, shootout wins, uh, does that weigh on you guys at all, or is it just, hey, it doesn't matter, let's get this, let's get these two points? I think it's just, get let's get these two points. I mean, you know, you always want two points. Like, you're not satisfied with an overtime loss or, you know, shootout loss. Yeah, you get a point, but, you know, the other team gets two, right? So it always it's always, you know, salt in the wound. And I mean, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, just like, especially, you know, how we played over the Blues. Um, again, super slow start and... But, you know, we picked it up again and just kept battling back, battling back, didn't stop. And again, that's a shootout win that we needed, right? So, yeah, no, it I was... think all the points matter. Way back in AAA in Alberta, yeah. you played with a bunch of various different players and all pl- currently play all over the place in yeah. Canada, the States even. Yeah. But one stands out, one who you just recently played against. Yep. That being Terriers forward Daniel Ciso. Daniel Ciso. Are you guys buddies at all? And if so, how was it playing against your former teammate and bud? Yes, so Daniel. Um, he's a great guy. I mean, he wasn't playing last night because he was injured. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I think it's something to do with his shoulder. I'm not yeah. too sure. But, uh, yeah, no, he's obviously a really good player. Mm-hmm. Um, very big offensive threat for the Terriers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we are buddies. Uh, I actually... What was it, my 17-year-old year, we would go to camps together, and me and him were both trying to find a place to play in Junior A back then, and, you know, we both couldn't. And he went back playing AAA uh, in Calgary, and I, st- I went out and played Junior B. So we kind of got split at that point. But, uh, yeah, no, still keep in contact as always. And uh, it was it's pretty cool. The first time we played against each other, you know, I got to see him. I haven't seen him in a very long time. So I, after that, they beat us, unfortunately. But uh, he saw me in the hallway, and that was pretty that was pretty cool. I mean, he's having a really good year. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty pretty excited to see what the future holds for him. So. so is there any player that you or someone that you idolize, any, whether it's how you play or just in general? Just in general. Yeah. Um, i got to say I've been – you know what, I like, I, the one guy that I really do like to watch, uh, not because of my game, just because I think he's tremendously skilled and great NHL player, is Trevor Zegris. Oh, he's, yeah, he's, good call. He's a really good, well, obviously I'm a for, or he's a forward, I'm a defenseman, so kind of weird that he's a guy I look up to, but yeah, no, he's, I mean, he's just tremendous with the puck, and his skill level is unbelievable, but another guy that uh, I really do idolize, and and watching a lot of recently, just because he's just crazy with the puck, is Kale McCarr. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, he's, he's going to be the best defenseman in the NHL to ever play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even think, you know, Bobby Orr was one of the greats, but there's no there's nobody that I've seen in my lifetime or anybody's seen with those type of edges and that type of skill. I don't know if we will ever, ever nope. in our lifetime, see another player like Kale McCarr. Yeah, or yeah. Connor McDavid. Well, I love, I loved it when they interviewed. Uh, was it McKinnon? McKinnon? Uh, right. At, when they won the Landeskog. Land- sorry, Landeskog. And they're like, "Well, how do you do it?" He's like, "Find a Kale McCarr." Yeah, that's, like, that's, 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 that's that's how you win. It's just find a Kale McCarr. Yeah. How? How? Yeah. <laughs> yeah we exactly. gotta put this guy like in a scientific lab or something. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so. Okay. So final question here. I know you're. you're your time is, is money, and we got to get you going here. Uh, last question I got for you. Um, sleeper. 
Who do you think's a sleeper on the team uh, this year that's just going to quietly put up points and eventually just like, hey, whoa, this guy's on the map? Ah, uh, okay. This that's is actually a, a really good question. It's, a, um, it's an in-depth question. I got to say, I got to go with um, Griffin Ayotte. Oh. He, he, you know what, from the start of the year, again, in and in and out of the lineup guy. Yep. Um, He's been working really hard, and, you know, it's been a mental challenge for him, too. Um, I've, you know, just like it has for me. But I think he's doing tremendously well. The shifts that he's getting that I've watched, you know, he's creating offensive chances. He scored three goals, has an assist, beautiful assist. Um, I think he's going to be a really big offensive threat for this squad in the upcoming years. And, yeah, I think he's a very big sleeper. It's, it seems like every time he was on the ice there for, what, three games in a row or something, he, mm-hmm. he collected a goal. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. He yeah. flies, too. He's, he a, he's a quick skater. He's a good player. Yeah, he's Absolutely. Good, he's good a good player. skater there. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming in uh, to the Code Rick show. Uh, it was a pleasure getting you in here because I know yeah, you yeah. wanted in. So. Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming in, and uh, hopefully we can do this before the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. It was a blast. All right, good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Merv's is your number one shop for all things electronic. We stock gaming consoles, games, laptops, tablets, two-way radios, Bluetooth speakers, headsets, earbuds, Napoleon fireplaces and barbecues, TVs, cell phones, and so much more. When you think of electronics, think of Merv's in Swan River. Located at 601 Main Street or call 204-734-3252. Mervs for all the good stuff. Welcome back inside the Code Rick Show uh, here with Cody and, of course, uh, Ricky. Now, we're here uh, joined by a, a very special guest. Uh, tonight, uh, well, we're going to welcome you in with uh, head scout Mitchell Kirkup of the Swan Valley Stampeders. Welcome to the show, sir. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. You betcha. First off, how's life down south? A little chilly? <laughs> no, it's not. it's not too bad here. I mean, uh, no, it's it's good. We got our first big snowfall there on uh, Thursday night, so um, got shoveled out there, and now just kind of back to normal and doing good. That's good. Uh, so, uh, how's the family? Doing well? Family's doing good. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have two daughters, so um, I have a six and a three-year-old, um, and actually, my oldest Emery's in her first year of organized hockey, so that's been a lot of fun, and and um, you know, early mornings and, and getting her ready, but she's really enjoying it, so that's that's been good. I guess uh, now for everyone listening um, who doesn't know what a head scout does, um, can you give us a bit of a rundown on what your job entails and like what do you do? Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, so the the job is, I mean, it, it's a busy job and uh, lots of it just involves watching hockey. Um, but then the work isn't really done there either. I mean, um, for for the position that I'm in, Lots of preparation goes into the Bantam draft. Um, I, you're out there and you're watching, and as you're watching, you're also watching for potential list players as well. Um, you're meeting with players and their families. You're talking with coaches, skills coaches. Um, and more recently, you're also building relationships with player agents and advisors. So while, while all of this is going on, you're still getting out and watching your, your already protected prospects, keeping in touch with them as frequently as, as possible. Um, and then just to speak a little bit on the 50-man protected list is um, is each team's allowed to hold the rights to 50 players within the league they play in. 
Now, this list is made up of current roster players and prospects. So if a player is listed or protected by the Stampeders, it means that that player, if they choose to play in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League, would be a Swan Valley Stampeder. So there's, there, it, it, like, like I mentioned, is it is quite busy. Um, and I guess that's an advantage to being in Winnipeg is that all the teams come through the city. Um, so I, I'm able to go and watch the under 15s, the under 18s, some high school stuff, obviously Manitoba junior stuff. So if I wanted to be out and about in the rinks every single night, I certainly could be because there's that much going on within the city. So do you take care of or partially take care of that 50 man roster or is that kind of lie on the, the head coach GM or, or Darren, or how does that work? Or do you get, did you get a say, how does that, how does that 50 man roster get set? Yeah. So the, um, if there's a potential list kid is then that's a conversation that, um, that I have with Barry and with Darren. And, and I mean, those guys have been great to work with. If, if it's somebody that I feel very strongly about that we need to get put on, then it becomes a conversation of if this player comes on, then who's going to come off. Um, so no, it's, it's, um, I mean, that's why I have a scouting staff, right? Is that everybody's kind of working together. You're out working hard, identifying talent and then working together because at the end of the day is we all want the same thing and that's the most competitive team on the ice. And so, you know, as, as players improve and some players stay the same is you're always kind of tweaking your 50 man protected list for sure. Earlier this year, um, of course at Stamps camp there, we got to crash into your, your dad there and, and everybody should know who your dad is around the Valley. Uh, former Stampeder head coach, uh, doing Kirk up now. Do you guys ever get to do this together, you know, go out and scout or do you guys just sit and reminisce or do you guys have, I don't know, do you have like sessions where you guys, you know, get together or over, over Christmas at, uh, you know, family time or do you guys just, you know, just you do your thing, I'll do mine. How does, how does that work with, with you and your dad there? Well, I think when, um, when he was coaching as we were, we were talking a lot. Um, you know, every day and for a while I was doing a bit of pre-scouting for him and the Stampeders too, which would be, you know, if, if they were coming to Winnipeg to play, you know, the Blues or Portage like Swan did this past weekend, as I would go and I would watch the Blues right down their lines, um, power play penalty kill, players to key in on those sorts of things. And then I would, I would type it up and send it off to my dad. I mean, how technology has changed now where all that stuff can be, can be done through Instat and, and, um, remotely. Um, but yeah, we used to talk hockey a lot and, um, now, I mean, yeah, we still, we still reflect back on the time that we were together in Swan and, and I don't think too many people would, would be able to say that they were able to work in junior hockey with their dad. And so that's something that's obviously pretty special to me. Um, yeah, we, we do, we do still talk about those days and, um, you know, some people would be curious, you know, when he was up there. Um, and he coached up there for four years is that he would work in the mornings for riddles, plumbing and heating. Um, so he, he'd do that in the morning and then he'd head over to the rink about lunchtime and do his hockey job after that. But not only was he doing all of that is he ended up buying a house, renovating the house, and then he ended up selling it too, all during his time when he was there. So, um, definitely stayed busy with that, but it was great to get him back up to Swan River for the for the training camp. And, and like you said, it was, uh, you see him looking at the trophies and just kind of reflecting back on some of those things. And, and I mean, there's lots of names that we still talk about to this day, you know, if it's, um, Clark Bazinski or Shelby Gray, Miles, Miles Stevens, Cody Straker, um, the late Brent Wilson, Ryan Marshall. I mean, the list goes on and on because they certainly had lots of very good competitive teams, um, and, and lots of good quality people playing as well. Who might you say, 
was your greatest success story. So that means like from being drafted to making the Stampeders to college or university, or is there just too many to pick from? Because there have been a lot of players over the years for the Stampeders. Yeah, for sure there have. And actually, I, I don't know if you guys are aware. So this is actually my second stint with the Stampeders. Um, so a, a lot of the names with which have recently been drafted since my my second go around with them aren't aren't um, they haven't expired their junior eligibility yet. Um, but but from my first go around, there's a name or a few names that I kind of was thinking about. So Garrett Johnson, uh, he's a name that comes to mind he was a draft pick out of winnipeg that went on to play uh, major junior in quebec and then the east coast league and the american hockey league um, so that was one that came to mind uh braden mcdonald who was a 94 and bore 95 born forward from stonewall he was a draft pick and, and he was a heck of a good junior eight player um, the likes of carter johnson uh, gavin phrase michael fortin those guys all come to mind too i mean with, with quite a few other ones as well but those those are just some of the names that I can remember having conversations about and then being being really excited when we ended up selecting those players, listing those players, and then watching them go um, come to, to Swan River and grow through the organization. So drafting these young players, there's a lot of work that happens behind the scenes. Hours of travel, hours at the rink, talking to the parents, the players, coaches, etc., what is the best part of all that for you? And what gives the satisfaction at the end of the day that this is the one player? Yeah, I think, you know, it, it, it is, it is a bit of a process. I mean, just to speak on, on the draft process itself. Um, I, I mean, initially the biggest thing you got to do is get out to the rinks and you have to identify the players and that's myself and the scouting staff. Um, from there, I send out a player questionnaire to, to all the players of interest um, just through email and so with that player questionnaire, it kind of, it asks their interest in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League, as well as the Swan Valley Stampeders specifically. Um, because I mean, for, for some kids as it is a little bit up north, I mean, and, and most of the kids are, are wide open to it. Um, but, but there have been some kids over the years that have said no, but I mean, there's been kids that have said no to every organization. So it's not just something that we deal with. Um, and then once the questionnaires are sent, then we kind of work on the list to get the list finalized. And then, uh, and then the final thing that happens is uh, I'll schedule a conference call with the player and the parents. And I think that it's important to, to get the parents in on it as well, because if you're phoning up a 14 or 15 year old kid and you're saying, hey, do you want an opportunity to come and play junior hockey? They're all going to say yes. And so it's just important that the parents are in on that conversation and, and a part of the decision making process, because the last thing that you want to do is put in that amount of time, that amount of effort. Um, draft a kid and then they have a they have a change of heart where it's like well no actually this isn't going to really work out this isn't the path that I want so um, that's kind of the process that we go into and then I mean it depends on once you get to the draft is everything may or may not change depending on what the team does or teams do in front of you as well um, to kind of go back a little bit to your question for me the best part of scouting is there's two things that I enjoy the most um, I really enjoy meeting new players and their families as well as watching them the develop and eventually playing for the stampeders uh, um, a lot of these families i get to know when the kids are 14 15 years old and then we keep in touch once their junior eligibility is expired as well so it's always kind of fun to catch up with them and see what life looks like for them after hockey it's a very busy job it really is now i i've seen this firsthand i've been fortunate enough to sit through the draft uh for the past uh, few seasons here uh my very first one uh, was in winnipeg with of course you and and darren uh, the other two have been virtually. So the draft, uh, 
is not anything like the movie Draft Day. It's not as crazy as everybody thinks it is uh, behind the scenes. Now, is that just because people are looking to stock the cupboard, so to speak? These are young players. We're not looking to make any weird splashes um, or anything like that. Or is it just just the nature of the beast? Yeah, I think there's a few reasons that kind of weigh into draft day generally being a little bit quieter. Um, you know, a, a few things that come to mind are our teams kind of want to wait and see what they have coming back the following year. I mean, kids, kids decide maybe they're going to go to school. Maybe it's time to get on, to get on with it. Maybe things change and they, right. So you, you never really know what you have coming back until they kind of walk through the door. Um, the other thing that comes to mind is the ability to recruit in the off season. So instead of trading for a certain asset, if you can go out and find that asset somewhere else in a different in a different league, in a different province, then you'd certainly want to go and do that um, and, and, and not cost your team anything in return. Uh, team, teams hold their players in high regard, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's kind of hard. I mean, you check in with some teams and you find out what they want in return for said player, and then it's an immediate, well, you know, that's, that's a big ask. We're not really that interested. Um, and then the last thing is, is if, if you're trading away draft picks after your scouting staff has just worked the entire year, to identify players, get to know them, are really excited to to draft, and you trade away a couple of your picks, which has happened before. But you're just you're a little disappointed if you're if you do all that work and then you don't get to get to see your selections through, type of thing. Now, like I said, I've I've sat through these drafts and I've watched kind of the ending of the draft. You kind of get into those uh, you know those later rounds, and everybody starts passing. How come teams don't jump on that right away and say, Hey, look, I'm going to pass on this. Do you want do you want to you know we'll just trade this for next year or something like that. How come, how come teams don't do that? They just pass. I'm not exactly sure on that one. I know like in past years, we've kind of had, um, you know, teams reach out where it's like, we're approaching the sixth round and, and they go, well, are you going to make your sixth round pick? And it's like, well, yeah, well, would you trade for it? Sure. What do you have in mind? Well, let's, let's flip sixth rounders type of thing. We'll give, you give us yours this year, we'll give you ours next year. It's like, no, we'll just go ahead and make our selection. We like a guy here enough that we're going to go ahead and do it. So so being a scout, obviously, you have to talk to a player or two or maybe even three. Who knows? Out of all the interviews or chats you've had with some players and their families, what's an interview that just sticks in your mind in a funny way or in a good way or someone something that you won't forget? As a scout, the interview process has definitely gotten more intense as the years have gone on because kids just have they have different options on on what it is they want to do or what what they may be exposed to. So definitely have lots of conversations with kids, um, with parents as well, especially when we go through and do those conference calls. Um, a couple of funny stories. So making a phone call to a player on speakerphone with a family, and in the background, I. And in the background is his family. So I ask him what his summer plans are and if he's going to be skating. The player tells me that he won't be skating, but plans on being in the gym quite a bit. So I say, oh, that's great. I ask him if he's working with a trainer or what specific area of his game he'd like to address. So there's a bit of an awkward pause and the player says, well, actually, I, you know, I, I plan, to, uh, plan to work on my beach muscles. So there's a bit of a long pause for me. I realize that he isn't joking. And I say, I'm sorry. So you want to address your beach muscles this summer as part of your hockey workout program? And he replies, yeah, I want to get bigger beach muscles to walk around the water and impress the girls. I'm not doing it for hockey training. 
So needless to say, um, that certain player was not selected by us at the at the upcoming <laughs> draft. That that was a bit of a pass. You, gotta, you, I, know, I, you know, I got I got to use this once in a while. I'm just you know working on my beach muscles. Well, yeah, and in all honesty, I thought that he was he was joking. Um, and so then I, when the point when it came to me realizing that he was 100 percent serious after the long pause, I I kind of stumbled a little bit. I didn't quite know what to do. Uh, a second funny one that I have for you. Um, having a conversation with a parent about the draft and it's, um, it, it's always a bit of a fine line too. And you're phoning and doing these, these calls is because you want to talk to the player. You also want to talk to the parent, but then sometimes the parent just, they, they kind of overtake the conversation, which, which is fine. I mean, we, we want to get a sense of, um, of the player and of the family as well. And as I'd actually, actually mentioned to one parent, as I said, you know, as much as, you're finding out about our program, as I said, I like I'm finding out about about your you guys as well, right? Like I I get a bit of a read on what kind of a person you are, what kind of a family you are, just just based on the on the conversation. And so as this conversation's going on about um this kid coming up to Swan River to play, if he had if if we had the opportunity to select him in the right spot, gets to be a long conversation. Like I'm I'm talking 35, 40 minutes and I'm just getting pelted with questions just non-stop asking about sticks and stick patterns and curves and flexibility on the sticks honestly any question that you could imagine I was being asked and I didn't want to be rude but like it was a lot I had other phone calls to make that evening and so we're two weeks away from the draft and we're talking about whether his son prefers let's say a Pionk curve on his stick or a McDavid and it's just a conversation that just kind of needed to not happen um, because ultimately you're you're a few years away from potentially playing. The draft hasn't even happened, so we don't know if we're if we're going to select you. Um, and so it just it it just was a bit of a long conversation. And so that's a bit of another one that kind of sticks out where a little a little unnecessary, we'll say. So with with that kind of a situation, there is it is it more of they know about the team and they're just asking these ridiculous questions to kind of, you know, just waste your time and, and kind of move on and, and go to another team. Or is that just, does that actually happen quite a bit with, with that type of scenario? No, th- this was fairly new for me. I mean, I've, I've had, I've had parents be a hundred percent blunt and honest with me. And just say, you know what, this this isn't going to be a fit for us. Thanks for your time, but no thanks type of thing, which I just want an opportunity to tell you about our program, right? Like that's like how, how we do business in Swan River, how we develop kids, how we promote them to the next level. So just give me that opportunity and, and I, I respect that. So in the same time, I mean, if it's not for you, it's not for you. Um, but I, like I said, I just wanted an opportunity, but no, these conversations where they last the upwards of, you know, 35, 40 minutes aren't too common, especially talking about um, just equipment and, and equipment needs and certain certain things that need to happen because it's it was a couple years away. For your head scouting job for the Stamps, have you had a chance to meet some big names all around or just in the Manitoba area? Just to sum up where you, you scout, obviously. Yeah, I think um, a, a few of the names that come to mind was a few years back, I was covering a tournament in Blaine, Minnesota. And so... I've only been there a couple of times because it's hard to go back. There's eight sheets of ice. You're going all day from about seven in the morning until midnight. 
five straight days. Um, and then they, they, they serve you lunch. And so I had lunch one, one day with John Van Viesbrook. You know, he nice man, made time to make small conversation with me, and he kind of chuckled when I referred to him as Beezer. So that was a that was a pretty good time. <laughs> and uh, in in terms of Manitoba people, um, I mean, I, I've interviewed with several current NHL players um, prior to the Western Hockey League draft because I do also work in the Western Hockey League with the Prince George Cougars. So. Names like Cody Glass, Seth Jarvis, um, Connor Dewar, Wade Allison, and Nolan Patrick. Um, talk to all those guys on the phone, um, their 14-year-old year. And so then it's always kind of fun to just wait and watch and see where, where everything shakes out and, and where these players end up, especially the Manitoba guys for me, because it's just, it's fun, especially if you have a bit of a personal connection to that, or at least have, have watched them play. Um, their minor hockey and then to be able to see them on TV or at the NHL level is is um, pretty satisfying. Now this is a, this is a kind of a sidebar question. Uh, we, we've been talking about you know of course scouting and drafting in Manitoba. Now you said you were down in the states, is and with Prince George and stuff like that. So in Manitoba, um, with, with the kids being drafted, of course, are only Manitobans. So right, you you stay in Manitoba for that part of it. But is there any part of that job where it does take you maybe out a little further into Saskatchewan or even in the States, like you said? Yeah, I think there, there can be. I mean, the, the wonderful thing about hockey is that there's lots of contacts. And so out-of-province out province players, are you going there and watching them to draft them? No, but can you list them and then can you bring them to town on a tryout letter of intent or sign them and get them to play? Absolutely. So... I would say I don't do as much traveling now as I as I used to years back. I mean, part of that is is with a young family, um, but also it's just being a little bit more connected or established. I mean, I've been at this at this game for about twelve years now on the scouting side, and so you you meet people and then you kind of you help each other out, right? So if there's a Saskatchewan player that that might be of interest that becomes available or is looking for an opportunity, then it's it's an easy phone call or two to kind of check with a couple of guys that I've met over the years that'll that'll help out. And I mean, and they do the same thing for me if they're um, if they're working in the SJ or whatever, is I'll get phone calls on Manitoba kids. And so it, it goes both ways. But I would say that that's more often to happen now as opposed to, you know, getting in the truck and, and heading out of province or, or south. Uh, would you, uh, would you say that there's any, uh, possible players right now that you're looking at and you want to tell us about, you know, just a little, little secret between us three? Well, the, the possible players for the upcoming draft. No, unfortunately I won't be able to give you my top five just yet, but, uh, you guys are welcome what, what to check this, back Bob in McKenzie's with me. McKenzie's top five? No, I, <laughs> well, I, I, you see, I gotta, I gotta figure out where we're going to pick first. Um, but if you, if you bring me back, I might be able to give you, give you a little more information on that uh, later on in the year. But I mean, it's just, it's also got to kind of go through and, and see how the surveys come in um, and then kind of check off and see who, who meets the Stampeder, Stampeder criteria in order to, uh, in order to join our organization as the year goes on here. So just before we let you go, um, Mitch, now I want to talk a little bit more about your dad, because uh, like I said, we, we got, to, we got to chat with him. Well, it was, he, he was in town uh, for Stam's camp there, and he had some pretty funny stories. I don't know if I can share them, but uh, do you have any uh, funny stories about your dad maybe while he was coaching uh, here here in the Valley? Yeah, there, there's a couple of stories that stick out that I'd, I'd enjoy sharing with you guys. So um, 
after I was done playing six years later, I kind of came back to Swan River and my dad became the coach. So initially I just came to camp because I had an interest in the community and in the team. And then I started out as a, as a training camp helper. So that's where my first story kind of takes place. So I can, I can remember refereeing and being the only referee on the ice, right? So you're, you're brand new, you're, you're young, you're just, you're, you just want to be around, right? So they all go out and referee. So it's a main camp game and a player by the name of uh, Brandon Dombronski states in the dressing room in between, in between um, periods. So they would flood midway through the session, just one flood that he was undefeated in the, in the, in the locker room. So of course, He's referring to him fighting and he's an undefeated fighter. So it didn't take long for the vets in that dressing room to relay the information over to Cody Straker, who at the time was one of, if not the toughest Swan Valley stampeder. The period's about to start and I'm out there and I'm just kind of getting ready, checking the nets, about to drop the puck and Jeff Peel skates over to me and he goes, uh, hey, just a heads up, Straker and Dombronski are going to go. And I look at Jeff and said, great, are you going to give me a hand breaking up the fight? He's like, yeah, sure, I can, I can do that. So I'm about to drop the puck, Straker and Dombronski, they have, a, they have an agreement that they're fighting as soon as the puck gets down. But I look up in the viewing room and there's no management there. At that time, Guy Vespi was the general manager, Jerry Mosians was scouting, and, and my dad. And so I'm looking around and I'm like, I can't drop the puck and let them miss this. So I just... I kind of say to the guys, hold on, guys, guys, I got to go check, go check the net. So I skate down to the one end, recheck the net, skate down the other net, recheck it. Still nobody upstairs, right? So then I go over to the penalty box, change the puck out. Like I'm just, I'm stalling, I'm stalling, I'm stalling. So take as long as I possibly can. Look back up in the viewing area. Everybody's there. Drop the puck. And the big boys had a heck of a good scrap. Like it was, it was toe to toe. <laughs> And it went for quite a while, and I was glad I had a player there to help me break it up. I mean, I give the edge to Straker at the end, but I give both of them a lot of credit. So that was definitely one of the camp stories that sticks out. My next story is the 2010-2011 preseason game in OCN. So Kramer Colthart, current team president and governor, blocks a shot off of his foot. And you can immediately tell that it doesn't look good. So instead of skating off the ice and getting checked... He already knows that he's done, right? Like he's just, he's, he's done for the game. His foot's broken, injured, whatever he's doing, right? So he skates over to the closest OCM Blizzard player, cross-checks him once, drops his gloves and starts swinging. And, and Kramer knew how to, how to throw him pretty good. So give him full credit. He knew he was done. He took somebody out of the game with him though, because in preseason, right, is, is at that point it was a two fight rule but that wasn't that wasn't until regular season so in preseason you fight once and you're done so give Kramer a lot of credit for taking somebody else with him to the point that the uh, then OCN coach Scott McMullen calls my dad the next morning and says uh, you know that Colthart kid he's uh, he's a pretty tough kid I saw him leaving on crutches out of the arena last night he goes there's no question he's a warrior and should be your captain which he ended up being so that was that was awesome and then the, the third and final one I'll leave you is probably my favorite one um, so after the weekend cut, so the camp would run, call it, you know, your, your Thursday to your Sunday, um, after the weekend cuts, then, uh, the team used to do a team builder, which was a scavenger hunt. And I, and I still laugh about this, even thinking about it today, because I just, it, it's a pretty fond memory. So you take 28 to 30, 32 guys, maybe, right. They're still left with the team. 
and they meet up at the rink and uh and they had predetermined teams of three or four now the teams would be a good mix of of vets of rookies of players from the area um who, who knew the lay of the land a little bit and also whoever had a vehicle was a bit of a factor because not all the kids had a vehicle so this was a serious scavenger hunt and players knew to take it seriously so they were provided with a list of items that they needed to to go out and get and a garbage bag and then there was a countdown so we were all kind of just outside of the arena around the picnic table area there and uh and then we sent them off and so guys were running they were running to their vehicles they were peeling out of the parking lot because like this was this was a timed event so you're looking for your 12 or so items but then it was also time so if you got your 12 items and were back first then you won um, and, and like I said, guys took it seriously. It was hilarious. So a few a few um, items that they were in search of around the town was uh, they needed to get Marcel's autograph. Um, they needed to get a picture with Jeremy. Um, they needed to get a woman's bra. And my favorite <laughs> thing that and my favorite thing that they needed to do was to come back with a piece of roadkill. I, I can picture the cars just kind of going by the arena. Guys out the window hooting and hollering, music blast, and everybody was just having a good time. And they're going around town looking for these items. And it was it was honestly just just priceless. Um, and yeah, guys would make their way back after the one hour time limit was up, or if they got their twelve items, um, and they'd you know pile out of their vehicles, they'd you know make the rookie kind of carry the garbage bag or whatever they got. And then it was like the big reveal or the treasure hunt for uh, for what they found. So I take it everybody found a piece of roadkill? No, that was, uh, so what what, I can, what some of the guys did is they headed out of town on the highway and they were just looking for anything that, that they could find. But there was, uh, there was a crow that came back, there was a skunk, and there was a raccoon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no wonder why the rookies had to carry the bags. See, it, it, you know, junior hockey's all. Everybody thinks it's it's all business all the time, and it's not. It's it's they're these these are young kids and just trying to have a good time and and blend together and mesh together and and that's part of your job as well to to get these you know fantastic young guys to come in and and help you well hopefully win a championship one day. Yeah, that's definitely the goal, and I and I and I know we're we're trending in the right way, where we have we have a lot of good pieces in place. Uh, we all share the same vision, and then yeah, ho- hopefully we can we can get things done and bring a championship to the valley. One last thing for you before we let you go, because I know your time is money and you're a busy guy. Have you ever been told that you look like Tyson Berry? <laughs> you know what's funny is I have. Um, and I have a buddy of mine who will sometimes take like the screenshot of Tyson Berry and send it over and be like, Oh, see, you had a couple of assists last night. So (laughs) I, I I think that there is a little bit of a resemblance there. Um, so (laughs) I appreciate you noticing. We'll say I was, I was just wondering if it was a long lost brother or something you didn't know of. Well, if it is, he certainly has lost my number and hasn't, uh, hasn't sent me anything for the golf tournament. You better get some back pay there. Hey, (laughs) there we go. Okay. Well, good. Thanks for coming on the Code Rick show. And uh, hopefully we'll do this again uh, sometime a little bit later on before the draft. 
Perfect. Sounds good. Thanks very much, guys. Did you know that the Swan Valley Star and Times offers both national and international passport, as well as PAL photo services? Walk-ins are available Monday to Friday from 8 a.m. until 5 p.m. If you are looking for a print job of any kind, the Star and Times can make it happen. Professionally designed and printed, we offer competitive pricing to anywhere you'll find online. Business cards, signage, menus to personalize calendars and Christmas cards, the Star and Times is here to help bring your print job to life. We're just a mouse click away. In addition to hard copy subscriptions, the Star and Times offers online subscriptions. Stop by or call us today at 1204-734-3858. For just $39.99 or $0.77 a week, you'll receive a full year of dedicated local coverage found nowhere else. Welcome back into the Code Rick Show. Uh, we're gonna do a little bit of trivia here to end off the episode. And yeah, uh, we didn't find a winner last week. Yeah, what the? I'm gonna start throwing f bombs <laughs> around here if we don't start getting some answers from you folks out there. Yeah, what's going on out here? We're over a hundred listeners per episode, and we can't even get answers. So mm. if you have the answer to this week's trivia question, send an email in. All you have to do is email it to the Code Rick Show at gmail.com. Yeah. Very simple. It's not that hard. No, and we're gonna we're gonna give you a super easy question here. So we I wanna see like fifty answers. Yeah. I wanna see over like we're getting hundreds of <clears throat> listeners here. I wanna see over half of the people answering this. So here is this week's question. Who is our very first podcast guest that we interviewed? I'll repeat that one more time. Who was our very first podcast guest we had for an interview? Ooh. Super easy this week, okay? So if you wanna answer that. Or get involved uh, with the Code Rick show uh, to become a sponsor. All you have to do is email your desired answer or, I guess, inquiries to the Code Rick show at gmail.com. So that is going to do it for us this week. Hopefully, you had a blast. I know we did. Uh, so we want to thank Blake Hilterman, uh, Mitch Kirkup, and of course, uh, Noah Basarab, and the special guests, uh, Heather and uh, Pickles. Pickles, Pitscalney. Pickles, Pitscalney. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for us. Uh, stay tuned for uh, another crazy episode next week. 